evangelist, and at the end of his revival service, the evangelist invited Jesus to come forward if they wanted something to pray for him. About midway through the lineup, Jesus stood an imposing, intimidating-looking man, much like Brother Mark, imposing, intimidating-looking man. And uh, when the minister asked about his prayer request, the burly guy said, Reverend, I need you to pray for my hearing. The evangelist quickly placed his hand over the man's ears and prayed fervently for the restoration of his hearing. When the minister finished praying, he looked at the man squarely in the eyes and shouted above the choir's strong singing, How's your hearing now? The man loudly replied, I don't know yet, preacher. My hearing ain't until next Wednesday at the courthouse. So when, when, we, when we communicate with God and we're looking for his mercy, we know that God already knows what we need. We already know that God God knows what, what exactly it is what we're talking about because Jesus intercedes for us. The Holy Spirit intercedes exactly for what we're trying to communicate with him. So if, even if there's a prayer that you're trying to uh, reach out and communicate with God, if there's a family member or there's just there's a tough situation at home, God already knows exactly what you want to express to him. And he already knows your needs because he's a sovereign God and he provides. So that's the thought that I got out of that and I thought that was just fantastic. God's merciful, attendant ear, and those who would say otherwise are foolish. The Bible tells us God will hear us and will incline his ear to us. Thirdly, in this section, we see that um, God's mercy is, God, mercy, God is mercy of revealing God. God shows his mercy to us in answer to prayer, revealing his grace and power in times of danger. When faced with demons and even the experience of death itself, God' mercy is extended to us. Hebrews four sixteen tells us that um, we can come boldly before the throne of grace. That we can come to God because we have the Holy Spirit in us, and we don't have to go through a high priest. We don't have to go through a, you know the Father at the Catholic Church. We can come right here to this altar or at home in your prayer closet, and you can say, God, this is what I need. God, this is where I'm hurting. This is this is where I am in life right now. And uh, that certainly was encouraging for me when I read that as well. And lastly here we see uh, the mercy of a defending God. What a God we have. His mercy extends from his throne of grace to the most insignificant soul who turns to him in repentance and prayer. There is no situation in life in which God is not available to us in attending, revealing, protecting, God is a God who defends. And I was, um, when the Bible talks about how God extends his wing of protection over us in verse 8, um, that, that illustration is used commonly in God's words. It's used about, um, I'm, I'm a bird watcher. So the Dave Andrews knows this. He's been in I've had this conversation before. And it drives my wife nuts. Um, <laughs> my wife was right there. She's fine. Anyway, um, I, I, I really enjoy uh, looking at birds, especially birds of prey. But, when, when uh, uh, a bird extends their wing, they're doing it for several different reasons. But one of the reasons is to protect. It's to protect either their babies or to protect them from the sun or from predators. And when God extends his wing, when, when that illustration is used in God's word, it's God just showing us how he protects us because we can see that even in nature itself. God protects us from circumstances and situations in which we are comfortable or maybe we're just uh, going through preaching or 
something like that. God, God protects us. He provides. And uh, lastly, we see in uh, the appeals for a righteous man's prayer, we see an appeal for divine action. If you turn down to verses 13 to 15, arise, the Bible says, Arise, O Lord, disappoint him, cast him down, deliver my soul from the wicked which is thy soul. From the men which are thy hand, O Lord, from men of the world which have their portion in this life, and whose belly thou fillest with thy hid treasure. They are full of children, and leave the rest of their in substance unto their babes. For, at, but as for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. See, the Bible tells us in Proverbs 24 that there's absolutely no reason why we need to be jealous or envious of those who would be evildoers, those who partake in the things of this world, and they're still being prosperous by maybe what we think is prosperous. And God tells us, you know what, don't be envious of that. Don't, don't desire that because when you get to heaven, those people, they're going to get what was just. God is a just God. And when we get to heaven, we're going to see everything that we invested in and everything that we sacrificed. says here that uh, even though evil men prosper in this short life, God's final judgment is eternal. The Bible reminds us not to envy the lives of the believers. They observe destruction. That's basically what what they're doing is we're, we're observing them be becoming overwhelmed and um, covetous and loving of the things of this world. That's basically what people of this world desire. And then at the end we realize that it's for us to not only have a prayer life but to have a life that is a prayer life that is full of righteousness alright that is my challenge for you guys tonight short but practical and something that we can all apply into our lives immediately as we have a prayer life with God okay let's, uh, let's pray to close up and then we're going to go into some more prayer thank you Lord so much for the opportunity uh, that you've given me to share here Lord